Thank uh, Andrew Furtiber for uh, joining us today. Uh, Andrew, how how are you doing today? Very good, very good, man. How are you? Uh, very good, very good. What about you, JP? You doing good? Not too bad, thank you. Nice. Yeah, thanks nice. for coming on, Andrew. Ah, my pleasure. Nice. Yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, we tried to set up a couple dates, and I'm happy to be here finally. Yeah, yeah, we've been trying to get you in, man. I mean, yeah, I feel like you have a lot to bring to the table, uh, especially musically. Um, I'd like to basically dive in. So, where, where did you just come back from? I just got back from Cuba. Cuba. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I went. I was there with Romel. For a couple shows, we played at the um, Havana World Music Festival, which was amazing. It was wow. a wonderful opportunity. Yeah. And so, how, sorry, how, how long were you there for? We were there for six days. Six days. We had two gigs, so we had time to chill, walk around Havana and stuff like that. It was a lot of fun. That's awesome. My first time in Cuba, not at a resort, like being really, yeah, being immersed in, in it. Yeah, being wow. like in the city, walking around, uh, checking out artists. Uh, you know. It was a great experience. That's dope. Were you, would you, I was going to say, would you say it was a more interactive in that sense? Like you yeah, could kind so. of see a lot more of the actual culture sort of thing? Yeah, so much. Because when you go to Cuba, like if you go to an all-inclusive resort, you're kind of just secluded on, yeah. a, on a beach and you don't see any, the, the, you know, the city the or how people are living, the culture. You're just kind of like in a very touristic like resort, you know? So, so, so going there in Havana, staying at a hotel, downtown Havana, was just a completely different experience. It was, it was really fucking cool. That's dope. Yeah. And, and would you say in Havana, there was any maybe like highlight spots that you went to, like just as far as venues or anything like that? Yeah. One of the places we played at is a super popular place, very well known called La Guarida. And it's like a rooftop uh, restaurant patio. And a bunch of uh, stars go there to take photo shoots. Actually, it's like super nice. It's it's again, it's on it's on a rooftop. It, was, it took forever to walk up. There's no elevators. You have to like, <laughs> walk up all the steps. But there's like lights everywhere, and uh, you see the whole city of Havana. Apparently, Rihanna did like a photo shoot there, Damn. and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it's a really beautiful venue. That that was one of the nicest places I saw. This other place I saw, I don't even remember the name, but again, another rooftop thing. It's like you you you're walking on the streets and it's very, like the city's very run down too very poor um and then you so this guy's like uh hey come to our restaurant and we're like you know it's like a you know very torn down building and we're like okay we walk in takes us up these stairs go up more stairs and then you get on top and you're like whoa it's like a nice restaurant again like really? rooftop oh, they had musicians there and then you see all of Havana and it's like, what the fuck? It's, it's, it's surreal. Very oh, surreal. Oh, I think I know. I saw your post of your story. Yeah. It was on the rooftop and like in the back you saw like literally the whole city. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. 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 And yep. There was there was some musicians there that played for us. It was really cool. It's That's a wonderful awesome. experience. Wow. Yeah. And one thing I've always liked about being high up like that in a city is like you kind of see it from a calm perspective. Like mm -hmm. you can see the beauty of the city and you don't see the hustle and bustle and stuff. Yeah, so exactly. I feel like that's such a great place to integrate having music and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's a, it's an interesting uh you do you see the calm and beauty, you see the 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 poverty too. Um but it, it from a different perspective like walking down the streets 
is a way different experience. Yeah, like, than yeah. just being on a resort. Yeah. yeah. I, I experienced something similar when I went to like Jamaica. Um, it was the same thing. I didn't go on any resorts. I was fortunate enough to, to be with a friend uh, who is basically, uh, his father was working, uh, I guess, so overseas or something. And we were just like staying there. And we visited like, you know, Kingston and like mm -hmm. the city. And you really get a different type of feel culturally, uh, spiritually even, uh, mm -hmm. when you're when you're going into, uh, into a different country like that. You know, mm -hmm. instead of being on a resort and like, just like secluded and you just have a bar with a beach and that's yeah, it yeah, for yeah. seven days, you know? But, there, um, yeah, sorry. No, there was actually a band in Havana called Havana Meets Kingston. And uh, they're musicians from, from Kingston, Jamaica. No way. And Havana and uh, I think somewhere in England or the UK. And they, 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 they have this album out and it's like really, really good. You should check them out. They played at the Havana World Music Festival. Oh wow, that's yeah. sick! Is it like a blend of styles too? Yeah, like, kind of like yeah, they yeah. They had like their... reggae mixed with like Cuban salsa. Oh, that's sick! Um, <laughs> it was it was spectacular. Wow, probably yeah. crazy time signatures, eh? Yeah, cool, really cool stuff, really cool oh. stuff. Yeah. So for for everybody who's listening and also people who are watching, uh, Andrew Furtaber is a drummer, a professional drummer. Uh, originally, I guess you could say native to the Ottawa Gatineau region. Uh, why don't you tell us a bit about your background and, and basically how you fell in love with drumming and when did you start and and uh, and where it's led you up to now essentially? All right, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I, I don't. I I always liked music, but I I really fell in love with it when I was in my early teens, I guess, like eleven, twelve, thirteen, puberty, I guess. <laughs> Started just like really appreciating music more and more. My parents, my sisters, you know, none of them are really into music, like. You know, they listen to music, but there's no musicians in the family. Um, and I just got hooked. I just really was always listening to music. And I, I, I uh, tried to play guitar at some point, and I got impatient with that. I tried to play a bit of bass. I was like, ah, didn't, re didn't really stick with me. And the first band, one of the first bands that I listened to that I was like listening to the drums and air drumming was Metallica. Nice. Yeah. And I was Sick. like, enter Sandman, you know? And I was always listening to that. I was air drumming. I was like 13 years old, like just in love with the sound and the beefiness of like drums and how it made me feel just listening to that album. And so I remember asking my mom for drums and uh, she clearly said no. <laughs> no way yeah because those are loud eh? it's fucking loud drums are yeah. loud man. especially for a kid to be like yeah not really like good at it yeah it's yeah like it's, it's it takes a lot for a parent to like you know like cope with with like okay yeah like they're gonna get good at drums let's buy them a drum set and hear that all the time yeah. practicing like yeah exactly imagine, so, so. And, and you know like it's it came out of the blue because i i was sure i was listening to a lot of music but i never played music and no one in my family immediate family played music i my grandfather who i didn't know very much was a guitarist and a singer oh so there is a bit of music in the family in the ex yeah in in the like i would say extended down. family but not really because um my grandfather and my grandmother like got a divorce like before i was born so so uh, my grandmother had another like partner when i was born so that that in my mind is is my grandfather i call him pepe okay so so he wasn't a musician so I didn't really know my grandfather, like my mom's dad. I didn't really know him. Okay. Um, but he was a musician, yeah. He was a musician his whole life. But so there is, in my extended, I would say extended family, there is, there are some musicians. But in my immediate, like, household, like my parents and, yeah. and my sisters, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
uh, no music. So interesting. So out of the blue, I'm like, I want a drum set. So she's like, no, no. And I, I bothered her for a while. And I was listening nice. to music. I started listening to, you know, Metallica, like just metal, like music, Blast energetic. And yeah. And, uh, and then my mom's friend, uh, Marco, who uh, is a drummer and a musician, was uh, moving uh, into an apartment and couldn't keep his drum set. He, uh, he, he was just going to store it. Perfect. So he's like, he knew that I kept asking my mom for a drum set. So, so he's like, do you want me to store the drum set at your place? And my mom's like, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, I was like 14, this huge Ludwig red, I'll never forget it, a huge fucking drum set in my basement, roto toms and everything, a bunch of cymbals. Started off strong. <laughs> oh, fuck. I was like, I had stars in my eyes and he set it all up he tuned it he did like a five minute solo and i was like holy shit and that's like i remember that moment so much i fell in love with drumming right there wow. i jumped on the kit yeah and i i just never stopped playing like i just played every single day i was playing by ear i put headphones on and just like play metallica and whatever a bunch of shit uh, then I started uh, begging my mom for drum lessons, and then uh, I finally started getting drum lessons and uh, learning how to play properly. And I, as soon as I started playing drums, actually, there I was with friends who started playing music too. It was really? uh, yeah, John Nash. Do you know John Nash? John Nash. I remember that back in the day. Yeah, I was gonna say that was a memory right. I had. Was walking into like a classroom after school when we were doing like uh, when they had like daycare and shit yeah. after uh, school, and like seeing you guys, Jay, yeah, with Adam yeah. too, right? Yeah, like, Adam yeah, Whipple. Yeah, Whipple. Yeah. So Adam Whipple, John Nash. If you're watching this, shout out to you guys, my first bandmates. So we all picked up our instruments. John Nash played guitar. Adam Whipple played bass. We all picked up our instruments at the same time, and wow. we started playing. Iron Maiden shit, AFI, like it's yeah. this old band, and uh, we got a band. We and we fucking played at the Film and Write the Talent Show. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's what I think you guys were practicing for when I saw you. Yeah, like it was like I was there after school yeah. and you're in this classroom near the office, yeah. kind of like hallway. I remember, I think we played the Talent Show too. I think you guys did. Yeah, yeah maybe. Because honestly, this yeah. is all around the same time. We've talked about it before, but like you, like I was watching you guys on stage, like your band and like your band as well, and it was like mm -hmm. I got inspired from music, and then like I ended up playing like the Battle of the Bands later in okay. uh, in school. But yeah, right. That's awesome. Man. Yeah, <laughs> it was sick, man. And uh, so it all started there, and uh, after that. Uh, that's when I started taking lessons shortly after the, like that band, like I probably at 16. So I had a good two years of drumming, like without any lessons. And then I was in a hardcore band when I was like 16, when I started taking lessons called Young at Heart. And then, uh, I've always been in bands ever since I started playing drums. I'm super fortunate. Uh, I'm like l super lucky I find and, uh, to have had these like opportunities that just like came to me. Mm -hmm. It's like the universe was just like, it knew that I wanted to be a musician and it just presented me all these opportunities. Cause I know I have a lot of drum students. They, they practice and they don't have these opportunities. They don't have bands. They don't know who plays. And, but for me, it just always worked out all the time. That's awesome. Yeah, as soon That's as great. I started, so and then yeah, so hardcore when I was like 16, 17. Then I played in this like this hard rock band when I was like 18, 19, 20. Finished um, high school, and I knew right away I, I wanted to be a musician. So, uh, you know, kept taking lessons. From who exactly? Who were you taking lessons like? My first, my first drum teacher 
was uh, the most inspiring person, man. He, his name was Jean-Francois Baker. Okay. And uh, every lesson I, I walked out of there, every time I walked out of that lesson, I, I, would, I would walk to the drum lesson and walk back home. It's like a half hour walk. And I remember every time I would walk back home, I had my head down like, holy shit, man, this is crazy. Like I was so like, I was so hungry for the knowledge and for everything I was learning. I was so passionate and, and he did such a good job at transmis transmitting his passion to me. You know, uh, wow. so yeah, Jean-Francois Baker at Musique Adagio. That's where I started taking lessons. Oh, okay. And then so, and I guess in the end, you ended up being a teacher there. Yeah, I taught time. there for like That's crazy. almost 10 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you were a student there and then uh, yeah. in turn, you were a yeah. teacher. Wow. Yeah. And Jean-Francois Baker, like after a couple of years, he went to Humber in Toronto. He went Humber to College, Humber yeah. yeah, Humber yeah, College program there. to study music there. So then he hooked me up with his teacher, which was, um, and still is, well, he passed away a couple of years ago, but... Chuck Burroughs. Oh yeah, Chuck Burroughs. Yeah, he's he's well. Anybody who's listening, like, will know if, if they're a drummer. Like, you know, Chuck Burroughs has a, yeah. a, a good reputation. Yeah, I think you've sure. mentioned him to me before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and all the best drummers in Ottawa probably studied with Chuck at some probably. time, yeah. at some point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I've heard. So of. I and then I yeah I took lessons with Chuck and he really it, I went to another level. He just brought me to another level. Reading rudiments. Uh, to how to become versatile, like different styles. Because you were playing by ear for a long time, right? Up until university almost. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, not up till university, but even before university, I was like Jean-Francois Baker. Oh, he my made first you teacher. Start to, oh, start yeah, to he, read yeah, right away, right wow. away, yeah. Oh, shit. But just Chuck just uh, had his program lined out, and uh, I was learning the same stuff from Chuck, uh, from uh, GF Baker that I was from Chuck, but uh, just, just to be with, like, from the source, you know, Chuck mm -hmm. is like the source. He's the one that wrote all these books and uh, he wrote books. Yeah, he wrote uh, tons of he's he wrote like 15 or so books. Wow. Rudiment books, uh, Latin uh, uh, books on like fills and stickings, books on uh, advanced rock fusion. He he, he wrote it all. Man. He, wow, like, I didn't know that. Yeah, all, most of the stuff I studied are, are from Chuck's books. Wow. Yeah. And that, that's when I started getting more like versatile in, in, in terms of music. Because from the time I started playing drums, 14, 15, to like 20, 21, it was all metal. Rock and metal. That's yeah. all I knew and that's all I, all I loved. But Chuck and GF uh, were showing me so many different styles of music. Jazz, funk, R&B. Like when I was younger, for me, if it didn't scream, I didn't like it. It was shitty music, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but, uh, there was a shift like in my early twenties, 20, 21, uh, there was a shift and, and now I don't listen to that music at all anymore. It's still good. It like reminds me of my teens and yeah. stuff, but, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. You just kind of changed with the times and I, cause I was actually thinking that earlier, that was something I was going to ask about is like, it was interesting to hear that you said Metallica kind of inspired you from the beginning. Yeah. Cause I was like, oh yeah, like, you know, I know you play a lot of funk and jazz yeah. and like some, even like you could say pop and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, and, totally. um, and I was gonna ask a, another question, like uh, do you have like a favorite style or like favorite certain type of genre and like maybe why? Like. Uh, that's a tough question. I mean, you're man. just playing yeah, like in Cuba with Romel and Romel is, is Brazilian. So yeah, you're playing Brazilian. a lot of Brazilian. Yeah. I would say um, that the, there's, Shout out to Romel too. Shout out to Romel. Yeah, we'll Romel Ribeiro. Yeah, we'll check out get him his, on the podcast yeah. one day. Yeah, he he just uh, released a new album called Catawara. 
Uh, it's available on all the platforms. Yeah. <laughs> and it's on uh, YouTube too. There's a full show. Everywhere. Oh, wow. He's uh, one of my favorite artists. He's absolutely incredible. Met him at Carleton University where I did my music. But the, the styles of music that, I, that are closest to my heart, I would say, well, one, the, one thing that's closest to my heart and not even a style of music is, uh, and that I've, I've realized this in the last like five, six years, is making people dance. Like, nice. I love that. I love playing a show and looking at the dance floor and people are dancing and having a good time. That's an amazing feeling. So whether it's pop, funk, blues, people are dancing. I love that. Uh, I was really big into jazz for a long time. Uh, I listen to it less these days, but still improvised music is something I love. I would say my, one of my top styles, like playing with Rommel, uh, like Latin music, yeah. Brazilian music, you know, samba, bossa nova, uh, salsa. I was going to say, that's the kind of music I always like dancing to, specifically right. a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and, and rhythmically, it's so interesting and so different and so unique. It is. You yeah. know, we weren't raised with that kind of music here. Yeah. No, especially like and Western, Westernized, like culture like, yeah totally yeah, it's, it's very it's, like cut and dry timing because i was gonna say like is uh, correct me if i'm wrong but there's a lot of like syncopation and a lot of like off so much beat, but it like it very much like is relative to the way we move with the beat yeah kind of thing. yeah totally and it's all based on the clave you know yeah there's a bunch of different claves but the way they dance is synchronized to the clave uh, the, the bass grooves the drum grooves it it, it all revolves around the clave and uh, it's just so rhythmically interesting, you know, here in, in North America, Canada, the, the U.S., you know, pop and rock is all like very just, you know, yeah, straight beat. One chord to the other. Dan, 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 yeah. Dan. Yeah. Which is great, which is cool. Um, it's just different, you know, Latin music, uh, you know, uh, and I, I say Brazilian music, too, because Brazilian Brazil is not a Latin country because they, they're Portuguese. So all of Latin America and Brazil. So oh, Latin really? music and Brazilian music is just so fucking, it's really close to my heart. I love it so much. I love the people. I love the vibes. Um, yeah. And I was really into jazz because jazz is another uh, music that's really rhythmically interesting. Oh, yeah. It's complex. Uh, for sure. Really complex. And, and for the longest time, I was like, yeah, that's like the top, you know. But the more I got into like, you know, Cuban music or Colombian music, Brazilian music, I was like, oh, shit there's something else here yeah. oh yeah you know because there's such a like de de definitive spiritual energy behind making people move and like yeah. it's, it's such a free-flowing energy yeah. and like yeah. yeah and the root of it all is like from africa it's always yeah. the you know the african yeah. slaves in the states uh, you know created blues and and jazz the african slaves uh, in brazil created bossa nova samba stuff like that Really? Uh, yeah. So it's always a mix of cultures, but all these rhythms come it's from from Africa, from, yeah. from African rhythms, but like, especially like calypso like that. or like. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's like you all said too. It's all deep rooted in culture, though. It, like, mm -hmm. no matter what, which way you look at it, hundred like percent. Yeah. yeah, so fucking cool. I love it. Wow. So, so I guess you'd say that those are your biggest influences. I would say so. Yeah, Latin Currently. music, jazz, well, funk. Yeah, see, that's it's hard to say like what the 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 number one is, but yeah, my biggest influences making people dance. I love hip hop too, man. Yeah, like, hip hop is. I love is rap. Awesome. Yeah. I love Eminem. He's my favorite rapper. Rhythmically, he's insane. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I love reggae, uh, blues, R and B, funk, soul, soul, 
that you gets know. me really into an idea of maybe doing hip hop shit with you, dude. Yeah, because yeah, that's one, that's one thing I always please. really like enjoy doing with yeah. lyricism is trying to actually hit the syncopation and hit yeah. like the offbeats and stuff yeah, and yeah. like trying to line it up. Yeah, yeah, right. we should get together. Dude. We should get together. <laughs> Great rapper, guys. I'm sure you already know. Yeah. Great drummer. <laughs> Let's go. Let's make um, a band. And so and so, what about so then so then you you finished high school right and then. Timeline wise, you're like, I, I know I want to do music. So then you decide to pursue and you, you go to university to study in. So there was like a gap there. Okay. When I told my mom I wanted to pursue music, she had a bit of a hard time uh, accepting it. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, money wise. And I guess it's like the working class mentality of like, yeah, I don't know. You're not going to make it kind of thing or you're not going to be able to. The security sense. The security yeah. sense. And you need to buy a house and shit like that. I don't know. Cool. So, so she's like, you need a plan B. You need to do a plan B. And I didn't want to do Sejep. I don't know why. When I finished high school, I was like, I'm done with high school. Everyone from high school was going to go to Sejep. And yeah. it's like, it's the same it's shit like, for yeah. another two years. That's I was like, exactly what I thought yeah. too. Man. Yeah. No, no. Exactly what I said. Yeah. I actually went to college, but I went to another college specifically for that reason. Yeah. 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 No, I was, it was, <laughs> I was over. I was like way over it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So my mom's like, okay, get a plan B. And I didn't know what to do. I went to see like, um, 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 what do you call those? Those guidance counselors? Yeah. And she made me do like a little test and it's like, oh, you like working with your hands. You like to be creative. Uh, you like to do this and that. So gave me a bunch of job options and one of them was uh, automotive mechanics. Oh. So I was like, ah, that could be cool. Sure. And then, so I went to school to be a mechanic. Really? Like as a plan oh, B. Oh, it's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did two years of that at Western Quebec Career Center in Elmer. Yeah, I did that for two years. I learned how to be a fucking mechanic, which is so random today. <laughs> like looking back, it's so crazy. handy to have though if you own a vehicle. Like, well, yeah, yeah it was, exactly. It was handy because I mean, Andrew, like we we play, we've gone on tour. There have been a couple times where like, oh, we need to do oil change. Like, <laughs> yeah, fucking parking lot, like Saskatchewan somewhere, <laughs> yeah. like out of fucking nowhere. And I was like, yo, I got this. He brought his tools and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's good. It's good to have it. So. Yeah, I know it's good. I still I still do shit on my car, and I I've worked on other people's cars uh, too, like in the past. And it's a lifelong skill that yeah. So I did that, over. and then before, so then I and I was looking into going to university, uh, to Carleton University, and the requirements were like Cégep, you know, if you don't have that, you can apply as a mature student, or a special student. I forget what it's called, but basically the requirements for that are you need to be out of school for at least two years and over twenty one. So then I just finished my auto mechanic school. So I needed to be out of school for two years before applying to Carleton as a special student. Right. Oh. So I've got a job as a mechanic. So I worked at uh, uh, Hyundai in, in, in Gatineau. I did that for two years. And as soon as it was time to audition for Carleton, I did it. I got in, quit my job uh, at, as a mechanic and then went, went right to Carleton. So I started Carleton at like 22, I think. 20, nice. Yeah, that's, that's, not, that's not that late. Yeah, no, no, no. It's great. Yeah. And then I did like five years at Carlton. And that's where I met like the whole community of musicians in Ottawa. Yeah, I couldn't believe like actually I met a lot of people through you and, and Harrison mm -hmm. uh, because of that at Carlton. I couldn't yeah. believe like all these people who are coming out as musicians like in Ottawa. Like, yeah, because I've heard, I've heard stories and I'm not going to claim that I know. But like, you know, back in the day, like, you know, Ottawa didn't have like like a crazy... I guess you could say portfolio of, of really good talented musicians as we do today. Right. It was a lot of like, you know, f like one, four, five, just like acoustic guitars, people say, which is fine, but like not the same way. This is what I've heard and I might be wrong. So 
I don't want to like no, state I see that. What you mean it's like we have a more elaborate scene now. Have, and yeah, like much I mean more... we got people mm-hmm. like you know like the Chocolate Hot Pockets, Ed Lister who came to town, like a bunch of people. I mean, yeah. you know who are just like really, 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 really talented people. Yeah. Like Jimmy Holmes. Mm-hmm. You know people who are you know, uh, yeah, just just like contribute to the to the Ottawa music scene. Uh, Alex Mox. Pretty like, good you know, scene. Pretty big scene. Yeah, and it, in the last ten years. 20 years 100 percent sure yeah yeah even rap side too as well. i was like, gonna say even doing um doing sound gigs at live like i see bands that are like crazy jazz like yeah. crazy jazz like cool folk groups like yeah stuff that i was just like wow like ottawa has such a such an interwoven it's, super it's, diverse it's, it's yeah starting super to, diverse. it's starting to like be yeah. a city where you well you can compare it to montreal i don't know about that it's there, still but. a boring fucking city yeah. <laughs> i have to that's say that's why that. it's up to us to make god it better, damn it you know? ottawa <laughs> get your shit together man yeah People go to bed at like ten or eleven. Yeah, boo. Fuck. Yeah, I always no. I always joke around with like uh, <laughs> granola granola eaters go to bed at eight. <laughs> yeah. It's the government workers, man. Dude. Oh, yeah, they have go. no soul. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, guys. Chill out. <laughs> they like turn off their jazz record while they're listening to this. Like, oh yeah. fuck, man. unfollow, <laughs> unfollow. Yeah, <laughs> report. <laughs> no, it's a no, no. Ottawa's cool. Ottawa's cool. It's just. Uh, guess different vibes but musically and people are i you know every time i go to montreal everyone says it ottawa's so boring but they don't know man how many fucking good musicians we have in ottawa nowadays yeah yeah there's a lot going on you know like in terms of gigs and the quality of gigs sometimes it could be a bit different or there's maybe less people or people don't stay out as late as montreal or toronto but there's really good musicians here man there is there's really good shows all the time quality so, stuff you know like the same same caliber as toronto and montreal for I think, sure i think ottawa definitely has to invest more into you know ottawa nightlife uh in terms of that to make it like up, yeah you know it's gonna help the economy as well totally. like the local economy well, as well y- even like on our side of things like that's why i like doing this kind of podcast stuff and talking about it you know is like hopefully like hopefully we can even like have a, a hand in like creating our own like doing the show with connor and stuff you know things like that like maybe create our own scene a little bit more so so then, so then you finish university, and then I mean you've done so much more too. Like I mean you've gone, you've you've auditioned for Soleil. I don't know if you ever played, but you did this thing where you went to China for like six yeah, months. yeah. So actually, like right after university, I I did my graduation recital at, at the university in 2016, <coughs> but I still had another like year, not a full year, like just like, <coughs> a couple courses. So I finished in like 2017, um, and then in 2018. Well, in 2017, we were on tour. Yeah. We were on tour across Canada. Yeah. And I was talking with Samajam, the the group that that took me to China. I was uh, negotiating, you know, my contract and this and that. So I got hired to play with them. They wanted me to go for a year. I said, I said no to that, but they offered me six months. So in 2018, in like April or something like that, I went to China for six months, played with them. Uh, yeah, it's like a drum percussion duo thing, a family show kind of thing. It was super cool, super fun, and got to fucking visit China for six months. That's nice. So yeah, I did that for six months. When I got back uh, in November, I went to Brazil with Romel. So we did a tour there in Brazil. Beautiful country. One of the best trips I've ever done in my life. And then the year after that, in 2019, I went back to China for a month. With Samajam and did South Korea twice with Samajam also for like a week each time. Not even. It was like two shows or something. (laughs) Such a long flight for that. (laughs) But it was cool. I got to see like South Korea and stuff like that. 
And then the year after, 2020, got offered to go to China again, but then COVID hit. So then that uh, didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, our band, Blast from the Sun, uh, at the time, we did two two Canadian tours, which two was Canadian fun. Tours, yeah. That was an interesting yeah. experience. For yeah, sure. for one month. Yeah, each time, yeah. That was so cool, man. It was eating eating chicken and, 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 and kale and fucking mustard. Yeah. Fucking in a wrap I was going to say, there's like, something about, there's something about so road trips. Tired of that too. shit after, man. man porridge the, there. With porridge in the morning. Yeah, we go to... Tim Hortons get like uh, just uh, boiling water because it's free. Yeah. We just add porridge and, and brown sugar. So our yeah. breakfast costs like 150 is like a, a coffee with another cup of hot water and then we just put porridge and brown sugar nice. and fucking eat that. Yeah, well, you, that's what you gotta live ghetto, you know? Like, Yo, shit. I gotta do that right now, man. My taxes just destroyed me. No. <laughs> so what, what do you do like? Okay, so and then I guess you've, I know you play Blues Fest. I mean, we play Blues Fest together. Yeah. You've done a lot of Jazz Fest. Yeah. Um, what at this point where you are right now in terms of like your, your career you just came back from cuba right yeah what do you do to to, to 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 seek opportunities or do they just come to you or you do a bit of both it's a bit of both it's like obviously networking and getting to know people talking to them um people come to me sometimes i go to people i say like hey i want to play with you i want to be in your band or you know i love your music let's collaborate and uh, just having some sort of like social media presence. Yeah. You know, I post a lot of like stories and posts and stuff like that. I could be way better. But, uh, you know, I try to just show people that I'm playing and I want to play. And, you know, they, they, they just see my, my stuff, what I do. Um, and, yeah, I just like I take every opportunity I can get. You know? You've been doing it for so long. It's almost just good. People just reach out to you, right? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, it's a bit of both. But, uh Again, I guess I'm, fuck, I feel blessed, man. I'm super f fortunate and, uh, how do you say reconnaissant in English? Reconnaissant. Reconnaissant. I'm really... I mean, you, uh, you recognize, I guess? Yeah, it's very, uh, yeah, I don't know the word, but I'm super, like... Fortunate. Uh, like, grateful? Grateful. Yeah. Like, so grateful to, to, to have these opportunities. Like, in December, for the whole month of December, I was in the Virgin Islands. Oh, that's playing true. with the group there Forgot like that, yeah. again just like networking i knew a violinist her name is ursula schultz okay she got me this gig and i went to the virgin islands for one month and played like five shows a week there wow yeah and it's like just super grateful man I, I i don't know what i'm doing or how i'm doing it but it's kind of working out and uh you're just doing it yeah and uh it's chaotic you know the schedule can be chaotic but i i, I feel like i manage it well what do you do? Uh, Techniques for anybody who's listening who might want to, who feels, you know, something similar to that. Yeah. Where it's like, it's a bit chaotic. Do you have any tips or anything that you could recommend? Or, I mean, for, <sighs> yeah, I mean, getting a calendar, I guess, would be the main thing, right? Well, I have everything on my calendar. And uh, to not get too overwhelmed by all the shit, to have faith in, like, it's going to work out in a way. Yeah. To be in the present moment. Okay. And to take it one day at a time, one thing at a time. Love that. Yeah, because wow. if I look That's at my schedule, I'm like, holy fuck, I got to learn this, this, that. I got to rehearse here, there. And you think you can't do it, but you can. Yeah. And you just and wake up, man, and you take it one day at a time, one thing at a time. You just get it done. And I work really well under pressure and last minute. So I do a lot of shit last minute, I, but I... I just get it done. I don't yeah, know. yeah, that's awesome. And I can really appreciate you saying that because that's actually like in the past and just in my upbringing, like that's something that's always been a downfall for me is like thinking too far ahead and like mm -hmm. kind of like putting too many things into perspective and not just like being like, well, 
I'm here now doing this activity that's going to lead to the success yeah. of that in, in the long run. So I can, yeah. you know, I can kind of just focus on that. And I, yeah. I've gotten a lot better with it. And I, I've noticed a huge difference yeah. too. Yeah. It, it changes your life. Yeah, right? yeah. You can't stress out too much, man. Like if you're, if you're always stressing, you're not there. First of all, you're not in the present moment. You're thinking about the future all the time. You're, you're stressing out. It's bad for your body. It's bad for your health. It is. Um, you just got to like chill out. <laughs> I guess I'm like pretty nonchalant in that sense, but it it's been working. So it's like <laughs> no, sweet. it's true though because you then well, then then you're actually enjoying life. Like literally, yeah. what life is yeah. is moments that go by. So you're just enjoying them, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's 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 no point in stressing out over shit that hasn't even happened yet. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's gonna come. Yeah. And deal with it later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> deal with it later. Just make it get it done. One thing that helped me as a drummer and as a musician is. Uh, like learning how to read and learning how to write charts, learning how to read charts saved my ass, man. Because memorizing 30 songs will take me forever. Yeah. Like it'll take me forever. Now I could take a day, can chart them all out, and like I'll remember them, but I have a chart there, so I'll never make a mistake. Mm. And that's one thing that like people appreciate about my, my, my professionalism is that I get to the gig and I'm not going to... Be like, oh, how many bars is the bridge again? Did do we stop there? It's like it's written down. I'm never there's there's just there's no room for error, you know. Nice. So right, chart charting music really helps me to manage all these bands that I have to remember all these songs and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely struggle with that aspect for sure. Um, just like, but I mean, yeah, it's just for me, it's just practicing them. I mean, I wish in a way that I would read notes. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't really read. I can't read. It's never too late. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. yeah and uh, <laughs> I'd like to take a quick opportunity just because it's so delicious to give a shout out to KOT. Kaoki. Yeah. Seriously. Man. Yeah, you I was going to say this tea is fucking good, man. Yeah. yeah. It's Kaoki's Made tea. by hand. Yeah, yeah. Kaoki. He's the man himself. Yeah. So the, this is, uh, you're holding the silver mint. Amazing. It's got a great kind of like sweet, heavy mintiness. Yeah, shout out uh, to KOT. This one man. is the Super lemongrass, good. I think, right now. Yeah. Yeah, this is lemongrass. Love it. Yeah. I it's, love it. It's organic, handcrafted. Uh, locally sourced uh, on Algonquin territory. That's amazing. Um, Super and, good. Do you guys uh, have some like to to, to, to buy here? Uh, no, but we can. We, we have these? some extra. We can just give you. Yeah, some. hook me up, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, love that. We can hook you with a sample. Like, uh, give him a bag full, and then we'll. Uh, yeah. Because we'll, okay, I sick. think Kyoki even ships off his site, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he's yeah. Well, he's just doing like nationally. He's not international yet, but uh, okay. we are sponsored by KOT. Uh, the link is in you the description <laughs> to uh, the audio podcast and for the visual podcast. Yeah, and uh, just leading back into another question I had. Speaking of like, uh, like you said, kind of networking and step stepping the ladder, uh, kind of upwards. Uh, what? Maybe like venue or do you have any sort of artist or like specific, just maybe musical ambition in general that you really kind of like would be like your your plateau moment of just like yeah this is what i wanted or like something i don't know that you look forward to well i've definitely always wanted to play any sort of stadium mm. i would love to get with bands that like to, to play in stadiums i would love to do a, a world tour you know i would love to be in an original project where i'm able to do that you know play festivals i've played a tons of festivals but i would love to do like a a whole two or three months of like playing a shit ton of festivals with an artist, you know? Yeah. And my ideal like goal, I guess, or what I would like, uh, I'm a big drum teacher too. I teach a lot. I have like 20 private students weekly. Oh, wow. Uh, I would like to move that uh, online eventually. 
I would still teach in person, but I would like to have an online uh, drum school, I guess you call it. I sort of do have one right now, but it's pretty shit. <laughs> it's called Drumology. Well, I mean, I, I, I love the name. Yeah, the name is good. The it's there to stay. It's right now, I'm just not working on it, but it's going to happen. And uh, I would like to, you know, make a lot and most of my money from that. Because I want to just be my own boss. You know, I don't want to do the Monday to Friday, nine to five thing. Yeah, I saw you post something about that on your story the yeah. other day. You're like, yeah. yeah, nine to five, yeah. Yeah, I know, exactly. And uh, I just quit my job. I was teaching music uh, at, at, at school in an elementary school. Oh, I, I've, I've done that for two years. Okay. Because of COVID, it was a blessing in disguise, really. Of course. But uh, now that gigs are kicking back up, uh, I decided to quit and go back to just full-time music and okay. teaching. I, wasn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm finishing off the year and that's it. Done, son. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I would like to make money online from that. Have some private students. Play in uh, fewer bands than I am in right now. But, you know, bands that just have, a, you know, better gigs or, or well-paying gigs where I can travel and stuff like that. Like, I, I want to have a family. I want to be able to, to, to live comfortably. I don't want money to be a an issue like a stress in my life you know yeah so and i know the online thing could be like pretty lucrative and it's not not saying that like it's about the money but it's like we all need to eat and we all need to live and oh, yeah. uh you and know, balance your lifestyle sure. right? yeah, yeah yeah exactly and, uh, and you're still teaching people at the end of the day yeah right? exactly and inspiring people and uh, and um and i've i've been you know since i've been teaching drums so i just want to have like free time to to live my life you know i don't want to be like Tied down. Tied down, to, yeah. To Tied down job, to yeah. a 9 to 5 Monday well, to Friday If you look at 9 thing. to 5, like I've, I've said this in, in previous podcasts, but like where 9 to 5 originated from was like factories back in the day, right? Yeah. In the, like, the 1900s, 1800s, especially during war, right? World War One, like they needed mass production, right? So a lot of people started to essentially work these shifts and like, they, 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 they found out that high production or, you know, production value could go up if we had a schedule where people would work. Mm -hmm. certain amount of shifts you know even people working overnight and all that stuff right so yeah that's where like the nine to five really comes from like a bit a bit of history i guess yeah there. so yeah so what i uh, what i heard anyway some people you know some people dig that lifestyle some people are very comfortable in that um i don't know it's just it's just not for me i just yeah. I don't well know. you've done it a little, like yeah, enough yeah. i've done it i did it as a mechanic i did it at the school and um it always ends up just being a problem because I'm always prioritizing my music no matter what. So if I have a show or if I got to leave, like December, like I took the whole month off from the school. But like, you know, if she said no, I was probably going to go anyways, you know? Yeah. <laughs> my boss said no because like, that's my, that's what I want to do. That's what I love, man. That's what, you know. For sure. Yeah. I think it's important to, to, to realize that. I mean, even for me, like I've been out of a job for a long time and then I stopped and I was just gigging for a while. Um, I, I wouldn't consider myself like a straight up session musician. Like it's just something that I've came to terms with because in a way I don't really want to be a session musician just because yeah, like, you told me that. I'm just more of like a creative person when it comes to actually writing music. Yeah. Right. So I'd like to, 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 to play, I'll do a couple covers here and there, but I mostly like to create music. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, just like what we just did, right. Our music video that we just released. I don't know if you've seen it. Right yeah, now. I saw it. Yeah. It was so, fucking sick. Yeah. yeah. It was dope, Thanks, right? yeah. We, we produced that. I mean, Justin yeah, yeah. produced it essentially. Really we well mastered. done. We hired a videographer. And like, so that's what I like to do. You know, I like to be creative and to like, and, and, you know, I've had a little bit of experience, obviously not as much as you, but like playing like, you know, uh, hearts band for instance, you know, and it was just like top 40 stuff and just like learn this and learn that. And, 
Oh, supersonic hearts. Yeah, like for me, it wasn't like it just. I didn't feel like I fit in there, and and I came to two terms with that because yeah, it's like that's cool, man. That's mm-hmm. fine if I don't, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just like to do my own thing and 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 be unique in my in my. Yeah, own well, you're way. you're a singer. You're an artist. You you want to create your own stuff. Like Romel. Yeah, you know, Romel's not a session player, really. No, he you plays know? with another artist called Vox. Yeah, Vox. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, like you know, as a session dude ish, but no, Romel's not out there playing guitar for everybody. You know, no, exactly. Yeah. Like and, me, like whoring myself out. Yeah. But a drummer's got to kind of do that. But yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah, you're, yeah. you're you're your own artist, man. Yeah. That's it's yeah, exactly. So, I get that. Man. So for me, in my mind, I'm like, you know what? Okay, well, you know, like. So there, there's different ways to get there. You yeah. know what I mean? And I tried, you know, playing shows and just playing like covers and like, you know, and for me it wasn't working out as well. Maybe I didn't, you know, invest time in it, but I was like, maybe I'll just get a, a, a good job for now. You know, hustle the nine to five to get money in order to invest, you know, produce videos like we're just making, you know what I mean? Start a side hustle, which is kind of like your drumology for us. It's, mm-hmm. it's Cabin in the Clearing, like a podcast. I mean, if this, if, if, well, it's not if, it's a matter of when, because we're determined. So when it picks off Ooh. in the future, I'm more than invested to do this full time and leave a, a day job any any part of the yeah. day, no problem. That's man, what my goal is. Yeah, Likewise. when you're fucking right, man, I love that. When your yeah. side hustle becomes your full time hustle, that's it. dude. But you that's gotta it. You guys are doing it, man. Yeah. Man, exactly. even like you know what? Even like uh, some sometimes like before I went on on a little week into Michigan there, it's like I worked seventy five hour week, and that was literally oh, just because I was like, man, I want to make <laughs> money working during the day at my job at the at the shop kind of thing. But then I was like, I'm not going to avoid working any of these shows at Live on Elgin either. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I'm going to do them. So I would literally fucking leave at like four or five each day and just go and work the night at Live. But it's yeah. like I made crazy connection with bands. You know, like. Yeah. People are like, honestly, I've been getting like good kind of like feedback from people lately. It's just like I'm getting better at my craft every time. I feel like there's more yeah. flow. And it's nice. like, it's like you said, man. Yeah, just kind of keep going until it gives in. Keep grinding. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I'll never. You know, there's been times where I thought about like quitting music or something. Well, not really. Sort of. But <laughs> but well, like you get discouraged. You feel like yeah, discouraged. Like, yeah, I mean, that is completely. Yeah. If, if you did not ever have those feelings, then you wouldn't be. It exactly. Would, it would be a normal process. Yeah. And I sure. know that. It's just it's never gonna happen. <laughs> like I'm never gonna stop, man. Resistance and like strength. Yeah, you know? and you know a lot of uh, 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 musicians get sucked into the teaching thing. And I, you know, I had I quit. Like I'm not this. There's no totally way see that. I can totally I'm getting see that. sucked in, man. Fuck that shit. The money was nice and stuff <laughs> like that, but there's no yes. way. I can't do it. I can't. No, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. That's I, it. I'm gonna keep the grind, man. No matter what, you know. Hell yeah. I, I, you have, it's you like have you to said, have faith in the universe, man. So true. Because it's like you said how you'd say, oh, I'm going anyway to, to that person. Yeah. It's like, even if it's like, oh, yeah, maybe you go you go broke for a week or like mm-hmm. something happens, but you're still having fun doing what you're passionate yeah. about. Maybe you got to survive on like little to no food or something like that. It's like you're still alive at the end of the day. And if you're, you're doing what you fucking love, it's yeah. like it's going to progress. Yeah, you got to live uncomfortable in order yeah. to be successful. If I, die, if, I, if I die tomorrow... I have no regrets, man. I'm super happy. I'm thankful for everything that I've done. I'm not like, oh, I wish I would have spent more time doing this. Or... That's a strong statement, but yeah. I, yeah. No, sucks. I'm very I serious. I the same man. way, to be honest. Yeah. Fucking right. Like, yeah. It's good. It's good. And it's going to hopefully keep getting better, uh, you know, money-wise, too. You have to have conviction and not faith in the world, but faith in yourself. Yeah, too. and every successful person is going to tell you, just don't stop, man. Just keep going, you know? I've said this before too, like, and it's it's ninety percent of the time people, people, ninety percent of the time this always screws me up, man. Ninety percent of the time that people fail is because they quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know yeah, they quit it, too early. 
They yeah, quit too exactly. early because like, failure who knows is inevitable. If would have gone always, on for like, like literally another like day, like another like okay, yeah. that's, that's obviously extreme case scenario. Who knows if you would have gone like another month or two months that something <clears throat> crazy would have like altered your career. Yeah, you there's actually I mean? a statistic. I forget exactly what it is, but I learned this on like some sort of like business um, uh, site, uh, business like accelerator for something for my dramology, and and it's like work, time and reward there's like an arch that like it's gonna like the work the work and effort that you put in over time your rewards will gradually build and it's like almost to the point where it's like predictable like if you just don't stop and you put in the work the consistency and the time it you're eventually gonna get the reward and it takes a long time takes a long time and then it, when it starts doing that it just like it goes it's and so it could take though. 10 years it could take 15 years like look at gary v man on you know you guys know gary v on instagram of course non-stop talking about that stuff man like just keep going just keep doing it the reward is going to be there man in one of the most like cut and dry ways that we could put it is like with working out like yeah, muscle building like it's yeah like, say you're lifting a weight it's like yeah you might not be able to lift that heavy weight the next day after you did one workout but you do that same workout for like two three weeks two three months you know all of mm-hmm. a sudden that heavy weight becomes your lightweight you know yeah, like, totally at, at, at a certain time yeah that's it and you know i used to always make fun of like gym people for like having all these quotes like consistency is key and never stop <laughs> yeah. and you know trust the grind <laughs> trust the grind and like oh can't stop won't stop <laughs> but really they're saying some real shit man in, yeah. in, in all aspects of life whether it's like if you want to be a professional musician well you got to practice and consistency and can't stop won't stop you know and if you want to make money can't stop won't stop man consistency you got to keep going and can't, it's can't can't stop won't stop game stop yeah. yeah it's so funny guy and i always talk about it too we're like yeah we'll never let it go to our heads you know we'll just be humble and like work out for a for for health and exercise and, and now stuff. you're like oh! and yeah yeah exactly dude it's true there was one day we were straight up just like walking around it was like it was, it was like after like two weeks of just hardcore working out it was like dude i'm looking fucking swole bro like, just like yo dog same like i love man, that you man. Feel good. i do like, that too i i you man, actually feel good yeah i, I don't yeah. know it's just like it, you just it, like apply like just physical activity it is so crazy how much it helps you yeah it's so mentally spiritually lowers your anxiety you mentioned that earlier it helps your cardiovascular fucking shit run properly you feel good you feel top like we're i mean we just turned 30 pretty much not too long ago and i'm like we're walking around the other day i'm like but i don't feel like i'm 30 man oh no i'm 27 yeah younger than i and 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 and, and, i mean there's multiple studies on it like just working out in general i mean Mm -hmm. you look it up anywhere online you'll find you'll find Mm -hmm. clear scientific evidence that it backs that up. But not only that too, if you look at like, uh, I think it was Dan Krantz, he was saying that his grandmother, she always worked out her whole life and shit. And she's like 90 or something. And she's just walking around and she's literally just picking up boxes like nothing, you know? And then sometimes you, you'll you be, you know, whatever scenario you're in, you'll see some guy who's 70, you know, and he didn't work out. just, you know, and he's hunched over yeah, with a cane, you know? And yep. it just, it, it shows like, it shows longevity. Makes it, it's a huge difference, man. That's a, yeah, yeah. I've been working out for a couple of years now and it's like changed my life. And, and again, yeah, just seeing that discipline and, and work over time, what it's doing, you know, yeah. a lot of people, when they work out, they get impatient, you know, they want to get swole like right away. That shit <laughs> takes time, man. It takes like years. You, you, like for me working out, I, I don't even have a goal. It's just to, my goal is to keep it as a lifestyle. 
I'm never yeah. going to stop working out no Same matter here. what. Same here. But like you said, that's what will lead to the success of it. In the yeah, end. exactly. Like, yeah, totally, man. You just, you, you can't be like, okay, I need to make uh, this much by this. If you give yourself too many dates and too many deadlines, like, deadlines you're, you're just going to be deceived and, 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 and uh, you're going to stress out. Just make it a part of your lifestyle. Do it all the time. And, uh, you know, the fruits and of the most, labor the will come. And more, most so important true, thing true. I could add on to that is whatever you're telling yourself in your mind, you know, start looking at that as a fucking excuse. Mm -hmm. And also start second is start holding yourself accountable, you know, because there's going to be days where like, oh, I don't feel like fucking doing it. Like, oh, fuck. Like, no, fuck that. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, you know, I know it's, it's, it's a bit real, but like stopping a fucking bitch, you know, like uh, David Goggins would say, you know. Yeah. You yeah. Know, Love that guy. Fucking uh, channel your inner bitch. That's yeah. what he always it's says. Tr it's true. And it's true because as soon as you start doing it and you start getting on that grind, man, you feel that that emotion or that doubt or whatever the fuck oftentimes will go away. Mm -hmm. And you walk out of there like, and you just go feel great. It's yeah. true, you man. I, I've had those days where it's like I find uh, I, I I label it as like fighting fire with fire. It's like my my mental state is is like a fire that's you know it's it's eating at me or it's burning me or it's trying to hold me back. But then it's like. Oh no, it's like I can go above that and just like further burn myself, so to speak, you know, and then like it, it, it counteracts that mm -hmm. that thought. All of a sudden I become motivated. I become yeah. happy. I become less stressed. Uh my anxiety level goes down and then it's like, oh now I don't feel as shitty about doing this as I did. Like because totally. I just kinda like went yeah. at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just gotta do it no matter what. Yeah. Thoughts are thoughts. <laughs> and and you're good. you can come up with a million excuses to not work on your business, to not work out, to not practice excuses are all over the place man and it's so easy to just chill on the couch and fucking you know do nothing yeah but when you grind and you do it it does feel good man and it, working out like changes like chemicals in your brain man it like makes you happier it, it changes your mindset it uh, you sleep better you uh you you, you it, there's so many benefits and just to, to accomplishing things in on your day-to-day -day, you know like doing things you have more energy too well i wouldn't yeah. feel as sharp right now doing this podcast if it wasn't for like if it wasn't for working out i'd probably be okay you know yeah. like i woke yeah. up feeling okay but it's just like it, it just made me more like aware more sharp more yeah. like focused on the, but i'm pumping. also chill you know like i yeah. don't feel like any sort of overwhelming amount of shit going on in the mind yeah. it's like cool like i got yeah more well, concise that's, that's, yeah that's, that's another point too because like oftentimes we're scheduling you know on sundays and stuff like that when we'll have people to come in and interview right as well and it's like oh well I want to be in a good state of mind in order to interview people. Well, mm -hmm. How do you get in a good state of mind? Well, you do, you do physical activity. So in a way, by scheduling this, it's like, you know, it's compounding the fact, well, I got I to gotta work out before I do a podcast now. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And that's what we did today as well, right? But even if it is like, even if like today, for instance, I was just on the, the, the bike, you know, the, the bike... Uh, the, the bike that just stays still, there, what do you call those? Exercise oh, station, bike? Stationary bike. Station, yeah. yeah, stationary Exercise, bike. Yeah. And it's like, man, even 45 minutes, you know, just burn 600 calories, man. That's still something. Like, Fucking right. And, and, and it's celebrating the small wins, but also not being too harsh on yourself. Like, even if you're down there for 20 minutes, man, a day, you know, mm -hmm. even if you lift light, you don't have to go, you don't have to wear your body out. And that's another thing, too. Mm -hmm. There's a really good podcast that Joe Rogan uh, had, and it was this guy as an MMA fighter. I've, I've said this before on other podcasts as well, but... He was talking about, about, it's all about volume. So you'll have like, you know, let's say some guy, uh, you know, exhibit A, he goes to the gym, you know, and when he goes, he fucking just works out and he strains his body out. And then the next day he goes again. And then by the second day, he's so like physically exhausted yeah. that he needs like two days rest, mm -hmm. you know? But then if you look at exhibit B, 
you know, some guy goes and he goes in there for only 40 minutes, <laughs> 40 minutes, you know, and he does just this light workout, yeah. but he goes every fucking day almost, yeah. right? Yeah. If you look at a full year of A and B, who do you think put in more volume of workouts? Yeah, 100%. Man. It's going to be B, yeah, right? Yeah. And that fucking stuck with me, man. That mm -hmm. stuck with me so much. Yeah. That, and it's like, more I've literally at that point. Too. It, I've applied that. And I can just see that's where consistency comes in. Dude, so much, man. And again, I, I make a link to practicing because uh, it's like the same. And the business. Like when you think like, oh, I need to practice. And like you have like 15, 20 minutes. A lot of people are like, oh, I don't have time to practice. I don't, that's not enough time. But really. Make time. Make, you know, but even just 15 minutes is good, man. Yeah. You don't need to practice for an hour and a half. If you do just 15 minutes, that's it. That you're, You did it. Yeah. Same thing for working out. You don't need to work out for an hour. If you did 15 minutes, fuck, you did it, man. That's it. That's you so know? true. We ta literally talked about that with Tanner yeah. on, on the last one, too. We were yeah. talking about like, oh, well, even if you do something just like mildly related to the, to the outcome that you want, you know, even if it's a 10% as opposed to a 90% yeah. thing that feeds into it, like you said, it's a success either way. It's like, yeah, yeah. totally. Dude. Yeah. Good for you, man. And Shout like out to my uh, personal trainer, Joey Morancy. Yeah, he writes my programs every month. He tells me what to do, and I just follow that, and it's been fucking amazing. He just uh, opened up a gym actually with my brother-in-law, who is also big inspiration of mine uh, workout-wise, uh, called Vincent Hull, and nice. uh, they opened a gym together called Click MMA in the Agora in in oh, Hull. No. Yeah, so if you guys want to do some boxing and shit, and and learn how to grapple or self-defense or even work out. They got a full gym. They got mats there. It's a really, really cool place called Click MMA. So big shout out to, to those guys. Yeah. Is it just spelled like normally like Click? No, or? it's Click. It's a K L I Q. Okay. MMA. Sick. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man, I've always wanted to do MMA. Yeah. Dude, I was thinking about it the go. other day. I was thinking about joining the other day. And 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 both yeah, these guys, they're both pro MMA fighters. And 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 Joey's a pro like workout dude, like a power lifter, and he trains. Pro MMA fighters. Vincent Hull, I think he had two pro fights or one pro fight. And he's so fucking passionate, man. You'll walk in there and the way he teaches you, the way he talks to you, your, your eyes are going to light up. You're, you're going to love it. You should check it out, man. Yeah. I think I will. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, man. That's sick. So, Andrew, uh, man, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Um, I just want to know a couple of things. Like, what does the future look like? I mean, what's the ideal future? What does the future look like for Andrew? Well, the near future, well, I told you my ideal future already, yeah. I would say. The near future right now, this year, is uh, I'm going to eat steak for dinner tonight. <laughs> Enjoy the now, yo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. That's all I can tell you. No, uh, no, I, I, I'm in this new project called Beau Nectar, and uh, we just got signed to a major record label. Oh, shit. I can't say the record label because I don't know if I'm allowed to say it right now yet. But yeah, uh, fair enough. It's yeah. Fucking sick. Okay. Wow. So we got a bunch of uh, showcases uh, booked this year. We're looking at a tour next year in France and Belgium and Germany. Oh, you get to travel. That's so. Dope. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we're going to Vancouver like this week coming up. We're going sick. to Vancouver to play a showcase there. So Bonnectar is a new indie pop uh, project that I'm in with amazing artist uh, Veronique Poulain on the keys and like synths and triggers and backing tracks and all that shit uh marie Clot, who's a singer and she also plays uh, some some keys oh i think i've mixed yeah, with her band mosquitoes. before she yeah yeah mosquitoes, right 
No, no, no. Oh, Marie Claude, just... franco-ontarienne. Uh, I think I have mixed her bandit live before. Yeah, though, a few yeah, times. yeah, probably. Uh, Amy, who is a Saskatchewan uh, girl, who's a singer, a songwriter too, plays guitar, and me on drums. So it's a new project. We just played our first premiere show at the NAC yeah, uh, last week on Wednesday. That. You practiced for like five days straight. Or something? Yeah, we did five days of rehearsals, eight hours a day. And eight hours? Yeah, eight hours a day, man, from ten to seven. Wow. Yeah, with a lunch break. Is that seven? Uh, yeah. Anyways, eight or nine fucking huge days. And we did three days at the NAC. We did two days at Marie Claude's place, and then we did three days at the NAC before the show. And uh, we worked with an amazing artist called Caracol, who is a very popular Quebec artist. Uh, so she worked with us. She helped us like workshop the songs and stuff like that. And then on, on the last day, on the fifth day of rehearsals, we did the show. Went super well. It was a showcase. So that band is very, very promising, very, very fun. And I can travel with them. And, uh, you know, the whole label thing is very cool. It's going to be my it's my first band that I'm in that's signed to a label. So wow. It's pretty fucking Like you sick. said, this could be like doing the stadium shows. Totally, man. At least, even fucking if right. it's smaller arenas, at least. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's good. Is it, is it, is it uh, like... Is it like more like like French music or? It's a it's a bilingual, okay. but uh, en gros, uh, like uh, for the most part, it's more French. I would say. Okay. Yeah, it's huh. definitely gonna be like a Quebecois Canadian kind of band, but oh, that's cool. super cool shit, super cool stuff. So that band is super exciting. Uh, playing with Romel a lot these days again with his new album Carawara. He's looking at uh, booking a Brazilian tour uh, at the end of the year. Wow. Which is cool. I get to go back to Brazil. Which like fuck fuck yeah. is the nicest country in the world, man. And that's sick. Yeah, some of my favorite music too comes from there. So that's uh, looking up, very exciting. Um, so yeah, I'm still in Hooray Band. He's looking at. Uh, we're looking at booking shows for next year. Okay. Shows and showcases and stuff like that. So yeah, my immediate future right now is just like, uh, you know. Yeah, working out in the, in these bands, you know, playing with them and seeing where 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 it goes. Lead, it, yeah. It's always hard to 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 know what's gonna come. The opportunities just arrive when it's time, you know. Yeah. So I just right now I'm just freelancing. I'm in a shit ton of cover bands and original music. I'm in like six or seven bands. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> but uh, I looked at my calendar and there's I don't have one Saturday off till the end of the year. It's <laughs> a gig every Saturday. Yeah, wow. so it's, it's it's good, but uh, you know, eventually I'll have to like cut, choose, you know, prioritize. Yeah, but uh, sure. yeah, right now I was just playing a lot, teaching, working out, and uh, yeah, that's the hustle, wild. man, the grind. Yeah, that's it. I mean, wow, it's uh, that's that's crazy, man. I'm I'm happy to hear that. Um, yeah, that's Thanks, man. that's what 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 would be your final words that you would give uh, advice for people who are listening slash people who are watching. Uh, you know, maybe that they have the skills to do, they love music, or maybe even just like if a broader, you know, art or whatever, and you know, something that, that, that's holding them back. Like, what would you, what would you, what would be your advice? Love yourself, trust yourself, um, have confidence, uh, work hard, you know, stay consistent. Don't be impatient. Don't have too many, um, pas trop d'attente. How do you say that in English? Don't have too many expectations. expectations. Yeah, there we go. Um, and just do what you love. Do what makes you happy. 
and whatever that is. And uh, don't worry about the past. Don't worry about the future. Just worry about right now. And uh, yeah, that's it, man. Fucking sick, That's man. fire, dude. Fucking <laughs> sick, right. man. Yeah, I, feel, I swear to God, these podcasts Hell just yeah. keep getting better, man. <laughs> Fuck, man. Andrew Furtiber, everybody. We're going to link uh, your stuff. We're going to link Dermology. We're going to link everything. Uh, yep. Check out KOT. It's also going to be in the description. Um, thank you so much, Andrew, from the bottom. Yeah, my pleasure, brother. Thanks, Seriously. guys. Thanks Coming a lot. on our show. Yeah. We appreciate it. Uh, everybody who's listening on, on audio or on YouTube, you know, like our stuff, don't like it. That's up to you, but we appreciate the support and, uh, and yeah, have yourselves a great day. Yeah. All stay right. hydrated. Drink KOT. That's yeah. it. Peace. Peace.